Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. It's been dubbed the female Viagra, a pill designed to help premenopausal women regain their sex drive. I think that there's a level of respectability that constantly should be challenged. Respectfully, if that is your position, then I will talk only to white people. You know, this is deja vu. It this is. is the way the Clintons did it before, in denial, in the bunker. Right. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. If you notice changes in behavior, such as a powerful, overwhelming desire to kill the person you love most, call your doctor right away. Good morning, it's 904 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. Thrilled, delighted, and honored that you are letting me hang out with you. Yeah, I still sound a little scratchy, a little under the weather, but I am here. I gotta be here because there's just so much going on in the world. I, I'm watching this Hillary Clinton server store. How... You couldn't make it this funny if you tried. I mean, I, I would never even think of this. By the way, CNN reporting this morning, Hillary Clinton's support among Democrats below 50% for the first time. It's for the first time in their poll. Actually, we had a poll last week that showed her only getting 49% of the vote against Bernie Sanders. And think about where we've gone. You've gone from Hillary Clinton saying, I, I don't know what the big deal is. I just wanted to... Uh, you know, keep everything on one phone, and uh, I just—I was just too complicated for me. I, how do you operate two uh, emails on one phone? It's just—it's—it's it's impossible. I, which, which is an argument she fell back on uh, yesterday too, when she was talking about being asked about this. She went back to the uh, how? How could I, anyone possibly do all this high tech stuff? That's all I could say. I. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. You were the What, like with a cloth or something? Well, no. I, I don't know how it works digitally at all. I don't know how it works digitally at all, so I don't know all this, why I had a server in my house, why I kept all the emails. I just wanted one little phone to work it on. It is all, it is all too complicated for me. What, what do you, what do you want me to do? I'm just a caveman. Well, I can't understand all this complicated stuff. I just I just handed the server to people. What do I know? Mongo only pawn in game of life. So that's the argument from the most powerful woman in American politics, the woman who wants to be the leader of the free world. Why is everybody looking at me? And then we find out that not only did she do absolutely nothing wrong, 
She didn't mishandle any classified information whatsoever, despite the fact that several officials in the Obama administration, Obama officials say she absolutely did mishandle classified information. Not only did she say none of that happened, but because she did nothing wrong, of course, she had to have the entire server wiped completely clean. She cleaned her server the same way that Harvey Keitel cleans a, cleans a crime scene in his repeated roles as a cleaner in numerous movies. I mean, she's, she was, seriously, she, this was like CSI, my server. Do you know, by the way, where the company that was handling her emails had the actual physical servers they were using? They were in a condo in Colorado where this mom-and-pop email, it was like ye oldie email service. It was like, you know, email service and country cooking, spelled with a K. I'm not making this up. I am not, you're going to say that I'm lying, that I'm being crazy. I'm not making this up. They even kept servers in the bathroom because they're working at a condo. So you'd go in and you'd do your business and you'd be wiping whether it was the server or not. You might be wiping something else. You know, please don't squeeze the Charmin or the X-Drive. I mean, it's just, it was, the servers were in the John. That's what the most powerful woman in the Democratic Party and, the, and absolutely the nominee of the Democratic Party to be president of the United States, the person who wants your votes, that's the world that she has brought us to. And it's absolutely Hilarious. Speaking of hilarious, that 844-404-1067, have you noticed how uh, Hillary's turning to her comedy shtick? You know, uh, first of all, it was um, the uh, joke she told over the weekend about Snapchat. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> then she did it again, and you just heard it there a second ago, when she was talking about wiping the server. That's all I could say. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. You were in charge of it. You were the official in charge. Did you wipe the server? What, like with a cloth or something? Well, <laughs> like with a cloth? I was wiping the server. There was a So this is the new, apparently this is how they're going to handle it. You have the Secretary of State, one of the most powerful officials in the government, getting, by her own own admission, getting rich while serving as Secretary of State. She goes from having to wonder, who's going to pay for the mortgages on my many houses, to being a multi-multi-millionaire, the personal family fortune now above $150 million. Most of this happened while she was Secretary of State. Her husband's speeches went from 100 grand to 200 grand apiece, to $750,000 a piece or more by sheer coincidence. She got money from foreign governments and from foreign companies and from American companies doing business with foreign countries, all of which had to go through the Secretary of State's office. And by some sheer coincidence, they all felt the need to write massive checks to Hillary's foundation. While she's collecting all of this money on our dime on a foundation that does almost no charitable work, her emails mysteriously disappear. Her server gets completely wiped, 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 rewrite. And the way she's going to handle that is by playing Hillary Shecky Clinton. That's her plan. 
is that she thinks that you're so stupid that you'll never figure it out. That So what if I use my office to make millions? <laughs> so what if I you put the interests of America second to the interests of my checkbook? <laughs> What's the problem? Are you kidding me? And so that's why, whether it's in the confession hotline at 404-436-2007, or whether it's online on Twitter using the hashtag Hillary's Next One Liner, we want to hear from you today. Uh, because it's hilarious to watch what she, she, I mean, what are you doing joking about this? Have you, have you not heard what other people are saying about you? I mean, if you watch, I'm talking about people who like her, you know, all the CNN, MSM, MSNBC types, they're going to vote for her. You know, they all love her. They all, you know, they're all on board. They're all longtime Clinton supporters. They all, you know stood on television and looked us in the eye and said, I believe Bill Clinton when he says he didn't have sex with that woman. So these people are total sellouts. And even the sellouts are going, and yet her plan is going to yuck her way through. So use the hashtag Hillary's next one liner or call the confession hotline. By the way, confession hotline, we've got Braves tickets to give away Braves Yankees on August 28th. So call 404-436-2007. But we've got stuff like uh, server. I hardly knew her. Excuse me, can I have my rim shot handy? Do we not have my rim shot handy? I'd say we're going to load up the rim shot. I'm going to share with you some of, of some of your uh, Hillary's uh, greatest one-liners. I also want to ask you, because some, many of you are headed on your way to work, have you seen this article about working at Amazon.com and how people who work there say it was they regularly saw their coworkers weeping and sobbing at their desks because there was so much pressure to achieve and there's, the standards were so high. They were expected to answer emails whenever they received them, including after midnight, and they were expected to rat out their coworkers who weren't getting the job done. I would the first time when I first heard about this, I was horrified by it. Then I went back and read the entire story. I gotta tell you, I have very mixed feelings about this. On the one hand, no one wants to work, you know, as a you know slave laborer. On the other hand, have you ever worked someplace where nobody gave a crap? Have you ever worked in a government office or some other place where nobody gave a crap, had no standards, just the lowest it's kinda of, you know what I mean? It's I, I, I really wonder, what would be worse to show up every day where you knew you were going to get pushed, you were going to hump it all day because the standards of the people around you are so high, or it's a place where you show up and you get the whole U.S. Postal Service, hey, don't kill the job, take it, slow down there, fella, hey. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. You know, this is deja vu. It this is. is the way the Clintons did it before. In it denial, was... in the bunker, right. uh, trying to pretend. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not a big deal. I think it's, a, it's just, just it's, it's crazy. It's 919. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. So, so I just want to get one thing out of the way because I want to make sure that I'm not making an assumption that isn't accurate. There's nobody who believes any of Hillary's crap, right? I mean, you just don't. You're not. I assume those of us who are. I mean, you listen, you listen to talk radio. So you're smarter than the average person already. And I'm not saying that to suck up to you. I'm really not. Uh, survey after survey, uh, Pew, Pew study after Pew study show talk radio consumers tend to be the best informed media consumers, even more so than NPR listeners or New York Times readers about current events. So I assume that nobody, Democrat or Republican, and I, and I know there are plenty of Democrats who listen, and thank you very much for your patience. I appreciate that. Um, none of you buy this crap. Of course she had the secret server because, of course, she was uh, protecting her fanny 
and of course it's uh, a, a total scam, and of course she's lying, right? I just want to make sure that we're we're on the same page on that. So if you disagree, if you think that uh, 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 taking classified information and keeping it on your, your personal lawyer's thumb drive, throwing it around on servers that are stacked up in, to- in literally in bathrooms in Colorado, if you think that's all completely legit, and this is, and if and you buy Hillary's claim that somehow the Obama administration is part of the vast right-wing conspiracy coming to get her, I want you to know you are welcome to talk at 844-404-1067. I'll say this. Um, when you when I hear Charles Krauthammer pointing out Hillary has a problem, I go, okay, he's a smart guy, but he's also a Republican. But when I start hearing the cast of MSNBC, CBS, and CNN calling it out, Hillary, I love the rainbow coming out of your backside, girlfriend, but you to wake up you're in real trouble i don't know how it works digitally at all we're not, everybody we're not knows she's not telling the truth it is a painful painful thing to watch you know democrats can see that she's not telling the truth democrats can see that the campaign is lying to them she said definitively there was no classified information that clearly turns out to not be true and that's one big reason why she has a problem here this is the first dust up where I've seen disgust across the board. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. It's those are the voices of the people who are water carriers for Hillary and they're all, all of a sudden they are going, "Uh, oh, she not understand she has a real problem here." And she does, but she's decided the way she's going to handle it is she's going to Have you seen the photo? Of her, by the way, uh, it's I'm using it as my uh, Twitter avatar. Soccer boy, you're completely uh, neutral on politics. Have you seen the the photo of Hillary doing the sh- shrug, the emoticon shrug? Have you seen that? I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, just kind of what I don't know. What's, it's all this to talk about computers and uh, how do these strange things work? I don't understand. I am simple caveman. I ah, so she's gonna sh- so uh, Shecky Clinton. Is going to guide us all the way through this. <laughs> so we'll see how she's doing. So if you want to call in your Hillary Clinton, Hillary's next one liner is the uh, is the uh, hashtag. I will share some of them with you uh, right now here at 844-404-1067. But the confession hotline is open at 404-436-2007. Server, I hardly knew her. <laughs> Clean my... Clean my server? Kelly Osborne told me that what's that's what Mexicans are for. It's water closet, not water gate. <laughs> Take my server, please. Hey, you'd wipe your server clean too if you'd gotten as many sharing email pics from Anthony Weiner as I did. No, I did not wipe my server. It was hit by sniper fire when I landed at the airport in Bosnia. Uh Wipe my server. I thought you said knife my perver. And I thought, oh, my God, they know what I'm planning for Bill. So if you want to add some. Oh, someone just sent one in. Terry, uh, are you talking about my friend Ben? Ben Ghazi? <laughs> so keep them coming and we will share them here. I just. um, One of the challenges for me in 2012, because I knew I did not want President Obama to stay in office, not because. I have some hatred of President Obama or I don't think he was born in America or whatever, but just because it wasn't working. You know, we were poorer that four years of President Obama. The debt had exploded. 
you know, our stature around the country, around the world was fading. Uh, he pulled, he left Iraq to the Islamist whack jobs. I mean, just from a pure policy standpoint, it just wasn't working. But I wanted to back a candidate. And it was tough to back candidates when your choices were Michelle Bachman, Herman Cain, and Newt Gingrich. I was embarrassed. And you were scared to, uh, to, to champion one of them because you knew that at any moment they would either say or do something dumb today or somebody would find video of them saying or doing something dumb yesterday. Do, what, what do you tell yourself if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter today? What do you, what do you, where's the, I can feel good. I can feel good about supporting Hillary Clinton because, and I don't mean this in a, how can anyone vote Democrat? I get voting Democrat completely. How can anyone vote for Obama? Look, when the choices were John McCain and Mitt Romney, I understand completely why many people voted for uh, Barack Obama. I just mean from a, you know what I'm saying? It's like if you have a sports team that you want to be proud of. If you were a Penn State fan a couple years ago, it was tough to be a Penn State fan. You know, when they were diddling boys in the bathroom and, and covering it up. How, I mean, you've got to be just be humiliated. This woman is out humiliating you by saying stuff that is si- so silly, even Democrats are noticing it. You, and you can't, you can't, I mean, I just, I, I, I'd love to know how this works because the biggest concern that people have about supporting a politician is whatever you do, don't embarrass me. It's one, oh, pardon me. It's one reason why so many um, candidates who have good ideas and, and have a lot of passion, they have trouble getting people to actually you know, support their campaign because they think, yeah, I, I like your speeches there, Newt, but I don't know, man. You do crazy stuff. So if you are a Hillary Clinton supporter, I'd love to know how, how do you process this in your mind? She's under investigation by the FBI. She made herself a multimillionaire while in public office. She's lied repeatedly about what she did. And now her answer to everyone is a big middle finger. She's cracking jokes about American national security. I, I used to run campaigns. If she were my candidate, I would be at a total loss as to what to do. Ray, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hello? Hello, Ray. You are on the air. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the one famous quote that she made, I don't understand why stations aren't playing it over and over and over again. I think it went something like this. It went, uh, uh, at this point, what difference does it make? They're dead now. <laughs> at what, at, we've, we've played it many times, Ray, and we will play it again. In fact, we will do a Ray shout-out coming up in the next segment. Also, I asked my buddy Jamie from The Punchline to join us to talk about Hillary's mad skills as a comic. Does she have it uh, going on? How's she doing? Also, get an update on what the punchline is up to because, as you know, they've moved out of their building and they're kind of doing these shows popping up around the area. they got a show coming up in Alpharetta I want to tell you about. Uh, also coming up, of course, we have the uh, lunch line, your chance to win free lunch at uh, Bellwood's Social House, courtesy of tasteofatlanta.com. So much talk, so little time. I'm Michael Graham. That's all I can say. I d- I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We, what, like with a cloth or something? Well, no. I, I don't know how it works digitally at all. Good morning, it's 935. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, you know, politicians have often used humor uh, to uh, achieve their goals. Remember Reagan saying of Walter Mondale? Uh, he was not going to have age uh, be uh, part of the campaign because he didn't want to take advantage of his opponent's lack of experience. 
Uh, and so uh, maybe it can work. But uh, looking at Hillary's next one-liners on Twitter, if I'm doing the wiping, trust me, the only thing that's going to be hard is the drive. That seems, seems mean-spirited. I don't know about that one. Uh, you'd wipe your server, too, if you'd hired Jared from Subway to be your IT guy. Yeah, I don't know that this is so much. So we're going to ask Jamie at thepunchline.com, uh, Atlanta's world-famous source for comedy, to join us here with his uh, reviews as a comedy professional. Jamie, welcome to the show. Good morning, Michael. How are you? So would you book Hillary for the uh, punchline based on her performance? Well, you know, if that, was, if that was all that she presented in her uh, demo video, <laughs> that might be a tough booking. You think so? That might be a tough uh, booking. You know, I, find, so, I, I find that comedy club audiences tend to be better informed than, say, the average person. You know what I'm saying? Because they kind of watch at least enough of what's going on to get the jokes kind of thing. Do you, do you agree with me on that? Well, I would agree generally, mm-hmm. although admittedly you can talk to a lot of comedians who have actually said that common knowledge that we have as a society has actually become uh, less common. Ah. You know, we're all watching different programs, we're reading different news sources, you know, so that notion that everybody knows is actually reduced over time. But generally speaking, yes, the folks who attend comedy shows probably are more hip to the headlines uh, than people who don't know. (laughs) If you were coaching Hillary on comedy, what would your, uh, and we're talking, of course, to Jamie uh, with the Punchline. By the way, they've got a show tomorrow night at Smokejack and Alpharetta. Go to punchline.com and uh, get tickets now. What would your coaching be to her on her? Because you, you've seen, I'll tell you, we've got, well, let's do her other big line that she's really, she's working this one hard on the shows, Jamie. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. She's killing, Jamie. She's killing. Well, you know, so here's the thing, right? I would tell you, you mentioned Reagan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would actually suggest, whether you agree with this fellow's politics or not, that actually our current president really actually does deliver a comedic line pretty well. When when he's got it written and he does his his speeches for the White House uh, Correspondents' Dinner, he nails it. Absolutely. So I think that for those people who probably are challenged by uh, how uh, Hillary Clinton generally presents her material, you're probably going to feel similarly about how she presents her comedic material. And as between the spontaneity of trying to come up with the line about what, with a cloth, right? That joke falls (laughs) flat, you know, uh, because uh, it's obviously a contentious uh, issue for some, Mm -hmm. and there are some concerns about it. Whereas the second line about Snapchat is, in point of fact, a more clever line and was probably one that was written by a much younger staffer who utilized the Snapchat. Because let's face it, uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton has no idea what Snapchat is. She thinks Snapchat is a euphemism for ladies' naughty bits. She has no idea what Snapchat <laughs> is. We're talking to Jamie with uh, PunchlinePunchline.com. I also like the, how she delivers the, that, that Snapchat joke like an old person telling a joke. You know what I mean? Where she, you know, because my, my, I love my dad, but he's like, I, I've got a humorous anecdote for you, son. It seems that these two guys walked into a bar. And I'm like, right. Dad, stop. You're killing right. me already. This, this yeah. is great. Yeah. And I think, Michael, that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. The key in all of this is whatever your organic sense of humor is, stay in that lane. Right. Absolutely. You know, there are, there are people who are great tellers of anecdotes. Mm-hmm. There are other people that are great with what you call uh, street jokes, like the example you just kind of sure. used. Uh, but when we, whomever we are, when we use words that are unfamiliar or a cadence that is not our own, um, it, there will always lack some element of uh, genuineness. 
about those words as we deliver them. And I think that that is super risky for politicians in this age where everything gets sliced and diced and in context and out of context and turned into a meme on the Internet, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So from a humor perspective, it might be as risky a time as ever for uh, people running for elective office. And see, Jamie, at the punchline, it's interesting that you say that because being more on the political side of things, I say it's more vital than ever. That you, people are looking for authenticity. They, they want to back somebody they can relate to, and nothing connects people more quickly than humor. And so I'm wondering, are the people who are running, Republicans and Democrats, any, any comedy favorites? Uh, of the present group? Yeah. Because well, I will tell you, you, know, just so, I, just so you know, just so you know, when, it, I, when I heard the rumor that both Biden and Al Gore we're thinking about running. I fell to my knees and prayed to the great talk radio gods. Oh, please, please let that happen. Please. Well, so look, uh, having a sense of humor and being funny. So I'm not saying politicians shouldn't be mm-hmm. funny. I'm saying politicians shouldn't try to tell other people's jokes. Ah, OK. Right. So be be yourself. And that's true. Whether you're talking about how you feel about a, pro, a particular political issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a policy matter or utilizing humor and that and i think that voters generally and and using the the current example reagan was a terrific joke teller right whether he agreed with his politics or not right um so uh so yes as a comic right now boy it is fertile field you know between the crowded uh, uh you know shenanigans on the right side of the aisle between some of the potential folks on the left who may mm-hmm. be getting in the process. Right. Uh, there is a lot, a lot. It is a target rich environment from that perspective. But do, do, sure. do any of the candidates seem like they would be maybe better at, at or using humor? Like, do any of them make you laugh intentionally? I don't, I don't mean. You know. I actually thought, you know what? And who I would say from a, from a humor perspective, right. um, I actually think Mike Huckabee. Yeah, he is, is good. Is sneaky funny. Yeah, he does kind of the Andy Griffith kind of approach, but it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's, he's got a market. I could I could definitely yeah. see him working uh, uh, Branson on a regular basis. Without a yeah, doubt. he's he's kind of got he has a little bit of that folksy kind of way about yep. him. You know, I don't. You know, Rand Paul. You know, probably knows jokes. He doesn't necessarily strike me as a guy who's a cut <laughs> no. up. You know, I don't. You know, you know I'd you be know, curious. Remember the guys in college who were stoned funny, and then the guys who were stoned angry. Rand Paul is definitely in the stoned angry crowd. Right. Well, and you know, and arguably, maybe there's a similar dynamic for you know, you're either ballot funny or you're ballot uh, angry. Very right? good point. Uh, but one last thing, I got to let you go. We're running out of time here. Donald Trump, obviously, a source of much comedy. I got to tell you, his when he, when Megyn Kelly was you know nailing him for his uh, disgusting, obnoxious comments about women, and he comes back with only Rosie O'Donnell. I thought that was actually. He, that that would get a laugh in a comedy club uh, seven nights of the week. Well, and that's so. There's a great example. Hello. Yeah, that was a great example yeah. of how somebody stays in their lane, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's a, that is a you know that that's Trump's initial reaction, and in that respect, has perhaps great comedic instincts. No, you're absolutely right. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so tomorrow night you got the show at uh, Smoke Jack. And, of course, it's time for people to think about booking comics for their end-of-year work parties, et cetera. And they can find you at Punchline.com. Right, Jamie? That's correct. Yeah, right. that's right. Thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you, sir. so much. 844-404-1067 is... Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. <laughs> Good morning, it's 949. Uh, 
I am. Michael Graham, welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. Coming up later in the show, have you seen the story about Amazon.com? Now it's a uh, supposedly horrifying place to work. I want to get your take on that because I've worked in places where you, you felt the pressure every day to go in and perform uh, to be at top of your game. And I've worked in places where nobody gave a crap that you were even there. And I just, it's an inter- I'm trying to figure out which one is worse or in some people's case, they might say which one is better. Oh, and if you haven't seen the video I posted yesterday of Mrs. Bill Clinton confronting the Black Lives, or excuse me, being confronted by the Black Lives Matter people. I stand here in your space, and I say this as respectfully as I can, but if you don't tell black people what we need to do, then we won't tell you all what you need to do. I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you to tell me. What I mean to say is that this is and has always been a white problem of violence. It's not... there's, there's not much that we can do to stop the violence against us. Well, if, if that is a conversation the, that well, I pushed okay, back. Okay, I understand. And, I understand what you're saying. Also respectfully. Yeah. Well, respectfully. respectfully, if that is your position, then I will talk only to white people. You know, I'm not a fan of Mrs. Bill Clinton, as you know. But watching her look at this guy with this pompous... And by the way, just very quickly, hello, black people. This is me, Michael Graham, geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. And I'm telling you, black people, what you should do. I I rarely tell anybody what they should do. I hate that phrase. You know what you should do? Yeah, I should tell you to shut up. But I'm telling you, black people, this is what you need to do. You need to shut these nuts up. These, These nuts who have somehow become the face of the Black Lives Matter movement... I've said it a bazillion times. It is harder to be black in America than it is to be white. I've said it a gazillion times. There is a problem with how we do policing. It creates conflict with young black men that doesn't have to happen that leads to a disproportionate number of bad outcomes. I agree we need cop reform. I think what happened to the unarmed black veteran, a naked who desperately needed help in cab, gunned down by a cowardly cop is horrifying. And the fact that cops does his job is even more horrifying. So I'm with you. But when these are the nut burgers that you send out to talk on your behalf? What you just said was a form of victim blaming. And you were saying that what the Black Lives Matter movement needs to do to change white hearts. Okay. When he says that, what you just did, holding me responsible for what I said, was a form of victim blaming. And she rolled her eyes. It's on the video. It's on my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. You know, I'm in danger of having another dream about Hillary. Remember the problem we had, I had that little embarrassing before I had a, a, a nightmare that I was in bed naked when this is Bill Clinton. Um, yeah, I, I almost had that dream again watching her roll her. It was like it was I'm, I'm with you. And I'll, this is my what I'm saying to you, black people. Yes, this is Michael Graham telling you what to do when you make Hillary Clinton the sympathetic figure. When you make her, the nice guy, you're doing it wrong. And that's what happens when you act like jerks. You're doing it wrong. When you scream and shout people down on stage like Bernie Sanders. My, my daughter, who's a young college student, uh, is, uh, excuse me, she's she's a Bernie Sanders fan. And she, she called me the other day just so frustrated. She's like, Dad, I don't understand. All my friends who support Bernie, we're all liberals and we're all pro-black rights and we all, you know, we were on the edge. We fight for black people and then they have to do is they call us names. And I told baby, I don't know what to tell you. I, I agree. It's insane. 
And the crazy stuff, I'm watching CNN. Yesterday when I was uh, uh, not feeling well, uh, I uh, had CNN on the middle of the day, and I, I saw a couple of Black Lives Matter representatives on with Wolf Blitzer. You know, this is deja vu. It this is. is the way the Clintons no, did I'm sorry, it before. Sorry, bad, I'm, my bad, my bad. Let's just try this. Let's try this again. We're not treated as if Black Lives Matter. And when people say all lives matter, it's actually a violent statement because the only time that people say all lives matter is in opposition to Black Lives Matter. Okay, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. I'm going to hear this again. This is one of the leaders. This isn't some guy, you know, on on a street corner who got stopped for uh, man on the street audio. This is one of the designated leaders of Black Lives Matter. Listen to what he says about people who say that all lives matter. We're not treated as if Black Lives Matter. And when people say all lives matter, it's actually a violent statement because the only time that people say all lives matter is in opposition to Black Lives Matter. And it's the most violent statement of love that you can do. It's like, all lives matter. It's, yes, we understand that, it's true. But in this country, for the long time, the United States acts like black lives don't matter. It's violent, it's one of the most violent statements of love, whatever that means, that you can make, is that all lives matter. It's violence. You're committing an act of violence when you say that all lives matter. Once again, I uh, am a supporter of the need for reform. I agree that there's structural problems with policing. I'm one of the people who wants to be with the Black Lives Matter movement. I want to be because I believe that citizens' lives matter. And the way that black citizens get treated as citizens should uh, 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 spark the conscience of every citizen. We should all be horrified by what we've seen happen to uh, black citizens at the hands of government agents. I agree with that, but you do you lose me. When you say that all lives matter is a phrase of violence, when you say that, uh, that uh, uh, holding people responsible for what they say is a form of victim shaming, when you show up at rallies and scream and yell so that the people talking can't talk, and then afterwards you defend it. They, the, uh, the message of the Black Lives Matter matter uh, representatives all day yesterday was we will continue to shout people down at events we will continue to scream we're not reasonable which is what one of the black lives matters people yelled at the bernie sanders event well as long as you decide that you are going to not be reasonable then you're not going to have me bye i'm done i am done with you i'm not Uh, you know i'm not going to hang out with people who act, who's, you know, it's, it's, it's like Donald Trump. Dude, even if you did have a bunch of good ideas, and he has a ha- tiny handful of good ideas, you're such an overpowering, anti-intellectual oaf that I can't hang out with you. So I'm, I'm done. The same thing with Black, Black Lives Matter is the Donald Trump movement of the left. And you've lost me. And I... So anyway, 844-404-1067. And I, and I have no problem telling, quote, black people what to do if it can help. And the way to help is for responsible black leaders and citizens and people sh- to show up. And you guys as individuals need to shut these nutburger individuals down. Because the more I see, have you seen the, the, the chunky chick from Boston? She's on all the time now. She, she it's, I mean, every time. Well, we are going to continue to shout people down because this is an issue of immediacy for us. People are immediately dying. Well, how do you stop anyone from dying by screaming at Bernie Sanders? In that Hillary Clinton audio we played, the reason why the guy was mad is she didn't confess her own racism. 
They were there. You have to tell us what you've done wrong. You owe us this, you know, you have to come to us and tell, I'm so sorry, I'm a terrible racist, and please forgive me. And she's looking at me going, what are you talking about? Here's, here are policies that will make uh, people's lives better, particularly people of color. Here are the policies. And their answers, that's not good enough. You, I'm really disappointed the, the chunky chick from Boston said, I'm really disappointed that Hillary didn't admit that she has racism problems. Who the hell are you? So, 844-404-1067. Email me, michael at michaelgram.com. Good morning, it's 10.06 at News Radio 106.7. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham, back behind the mic. Sorry I sound a little scratchy fighting off the virus thing. Thank you, Dr. Beatty at Partner MD yesterday. She pu- Hey, Matt Door, Dr. Beatty pumped me up with steroids and vitamin B12, baby. My throat wasn't any better, but I had an erection that lasted all day. It was, it was, I didn't know what to do about it. It was very, very frightening. And so I am obviously tan-rested and ready to go here today. So much to talk about. Uh, for those of you who'd like to win tickets to see the Braves play the Yankees on August 28th, the Confession Hotline is open for your calls at 404-436-2007. Now, you can call the Confession Hotline and confess your real feelings about anything, 404-436-2007. But today we're focusing on uh, Shecky Clinton, Hillary Clinton's great one-liners. And so if you have a joke for Hillary Clinton to deliver, uh, a la her, wipe the server... Feel free, and the best call, whatever the topic is, the best call will win the uh, Braves-Yankees tickets. Just all we ask is if you leave your email address, no need names or anything, but if you leave an email address so we can contact you and get you your prize. Right now we're talking about another part of Hillary Clinton's conversation. She was talking to um, the Black Lives Matter folks who demanded an audience with her, and here was the deal. If you'll give us an audience with you backstage, we won't shut you down on stage. Well, right away, if I were Mrs. Bill Clinton, I'd say, forget that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to hold my campaign hostage. What you've done to the O'Malley campaign and the Sanders campaign and everything is outrageous. It's unex- This is not how decent, rational human beings treat each other. And uh, pull up that Bernie Sanders audio from the other day. Do we have it? Do we have it right now? Yeah, let's listen to some of this. Thank you, Seattle, for being one of the most progressive cities in the United States of America. Well, ask him. Shutting it down now. Listen to her. Your event will be shut down right now. Right now. Your decision. Trying to be reasonable. We are reasonable. We are trying. We're gonna get you. We're gonna let you. If it's me. I call the police. I say, excuse me, we're having an event. We have a license, a permit to be here. These screaming maniacs, who cares what they look like, need to be removed because they're screaming maniacs. And there was an interesting uh, conversation about whether or not there should be any uh, respect for other people if your cause is Black Lives Matter. I agree that Black Lives Matter, but Black Manners matter as well. <laughs> All right? If we're keeping it 100. If we're keeping it 100. And also keep it in 100 based on the demographics. If Bernie Sanders' rallies were a Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor, it would be Nilla, please. <laughs> Do you agree? Do black manners matter also? 
I think that there's a level of respectability that constantly should be challenged. And I think that what happens when Larry Wilmore or uh, other conduits suggest things of that nature, it actually assists in the process of continuing to uh, take the lives of black people. It contributes to the process of taking the lives of black people. Larry Wilmore's joke on whatever Comedy Central show he's doing, I forget. He happens to be black, by the way, if you care. Uh, and his comment about black manners matter. By the way, his Nilla, please joke to describe the crowd at the Bernie Sanders rally is very funny. But she just said him saying that black people should have manners is killing black people. So if I say all lives matter, I'm violent. And if a black guy says, hey, don't be a jerk, you're killing black people. That's why I am telling you as a fellow citizen who happens to be painfully white, Black people, if you don't shut these idiots down, you're going to lose ever, all any progress because I'm not going to hang out with people who call cops pigs and who scream and shell, oh, yo, I'm not reasonable, and who say that if you say all lives matter, you're violent. I'm not going to hang out with people who say, if you, if you think that I should use my brains, you want dead black people. No, once you go that stupid, you lose the goodwill support you could have from all kinds of people who look all kinds of different ways, uh, which is why Hillary's line about that's what you're going to do. And then I'll just talk to white people then was dead on eight, four, 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 zero, four, one, oh, six, seven. Leah has called in. Thank you so much for the call. Leah, please go right ahead. Hello, Michael. Glad you're feeling better today. I missed you. yesterday. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Now what I have a problem with today mm-hmm. is why do you think, and you've done this before that, the one person, or the let's just say, even if his group was a hundred persons strong mm-hmm. or a thousand persons strong, that we elected them to represent we meaning us black folks. Sure. Um, elected these people to represent. They're getting the attention because of how loud and how controversial they are. Mm-hmm. But the millions, or the the hundreds of thousands, or the tens of thousands sure. of protesters that just march and and don't do anything they don't get the same attention as these people and that is where the civil disobedience comes in you know stopping traffic and stuff because then you get the attention but if you're just silent and you say well you know let's request a meeting it seems that for years and years and years requesting the meeting has never really produced any real change But these people that are making all the noise, you can't say that they represent us any more than I can say that your feeling yesterday represented you. (laughs) Okay. First of all, all, let me plead guilty as a typical white guy. I I often designate black people as the official spokesperson person for all black people, and that's a dumb thing to do. I don't know why. it's it's it's, It's human nature. I have no idea why either. Second thing, though, I will say this. If there are people who want to fix stuff, who will not, who aren't in the business of screaming people down and saying that if you say all lives matter, you're violent. If those people will step up, then I can jump on board and I can say, yeah, let's go get them. Let's fix this stuff. Let's reform cops, whatever. But if this is going to be the face of the movement, as a guy who wants the movement to succeed, I'm going, man, this is a a terrible cul-de-sac you're driving into. You'll never get out. But you guys make them the face. We don't. We don't have a camera sitting in our house to give them the attention. 
You right. guys make them mess. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to get on board with the people that are really mm-hmm. doing something, you have to go into the churches. You have mm-hmm. to go into the community okay. groups and stuff. To look for these people that are sitting there standing with a, you know, if I dress in a certain way, if I come out with pasties on, I'm going to get the attention. <laughs> I'll be paying attention, I'm Leah. I will be the on the front attention. row. I'll be right in you the know, front row. You know, if I make a video so you, like the, the, the co did. Then let me ask you a question because we got to go. We're in time here. Okay. I was at the rally in Smyrna for Nicholas Thomas, and there were about okay. 20 speakers. And I would say that about 10 of the 20 speakers talked in ways that made it almost impossible for people to support, you know, calling the cops pigs and saying, you know, you know, Whitey wants to kill us and, you, and it's the same today as it was during the KKK. And I'm like, I, look, I, I'm here because you know, I want to help. I, I don't know what to do with that. Do you agree Somebody with me? Somebody handed that they, them a microphone. That, 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 <laughs> do you agree with me that there's a significant number of those voices? In other words, it's not the one guy. If it was the one guy on the edge of the crowd, I think it would be a lot easier. But because... When I turn on CNN, when I turn on these rallies, this is who I see. Do you agree that it's a problem inside the Black Lives Matter movement that there is a significant number, not a majority, but a significant number of people who it's about animosity and not about fixing stuff? Well, I agree to an mm-hmm. extent. <laughs> but, you know, again, the quiet people, you know, that's where right. you have the difference between Malcolm X well, then, and Leah, Martin. Get unquiet. Give me, let's, let's get stuff done. Let's you and me work together and get the silent majority of people, black and white, who want to find a middle way between all cops are pigs, which is nonsense, and all cops are always right, and when they kill black people, it's a good thing, which is also, of course, nonsense. And let's let's get the silent majority activated because this is absolutely frustrating. I've got a, a, a tweet that I want to share with you. I was involved in a controversy in the interwebs. Uh, the other day. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1020. I am Michael Graham. Coming up later in the show, the news is breaking of more videos from Planned Parenthood. It's so disturbing. I'm not even sure I want to describe. I don't want to re- I don't even want to read the headline for you. It's that bad. So we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and how people are insisting that being uh, obnoxious and uh, and insulting people and attacking people is the right thing to do, shouting people down. It all comes from an exchange that Hillary Clinton had with Black Lives Matter when she rolled her eyes when they told her, you know, telling us what we should do is a form of victim blaming. Um, so uh, the other day I'm on Twitter. And I follow quite a few uh, Black Lives Matter uh, supporters in my Twitter feed because I, a thousand times I see that there is a problem. The problem is real, and I want to do what I can to fix it. One of the Black Lives Matter people tweeted out, I'm tired of white people. I'm tired of whiteness. I'm tired of white supremacy. I'm tired of white buttocks excrement. I'm exhausted. And I'm I'm looking at this and I'm I don't know what to do with that. I, I am white. I, I didn't choose, no one asked me to pick you know <laughs> which would you like, you know? Kind of something in the kind of Navajo meets uh Malaysian Pacific Islander. I, I was just I was born 
with the affliction of whiteness. I'm sorry. My my dad is a redneck from South Carolina. My mom is the descendant of rednecks from Oklahoma. I don't know what to tell you. I'm neck all the way down. There's nothing I can do about it. But I am, yes, guilty of being born white. And I just read this. And once again, when, when, for for people who are trying to make progress, just so frustrating to have, you know, the Black Lives Matter people. I'm tired of white people. I'm tired of whiteness. I'm tired of white supremacy. I'm tired of your white uh, bottom stars. So I tweeted back, well, then we white people will all just go kill ourselves. Because what else can you do? I mean, if you're just tired of me being white, I don't want, all I can do is kill myself. So I tweeted back, then we white people will all go kill ourselves. Should the ones who risk their lives fighting for civil rights go first? Because during the civil rights movement, one of the reasons it was a success, one of the things that Dr. King wanted to do was build a coalition to, um, of, you know, of non-black people to show this is a national issue. This is a national disgrace. Everybody of every color should be ashamed when they see a fellow American denied the right to vote because of their skin color. And so the reaction to me was go back to your caves in Europe, you non-bathing, sociopathic, oppressing Neanderthal. <laughs> and uh, that uh, I'm, you know, that, uh, my comment that if you're sick of white people, then I guess all we can do is just go kill ourselves, should the ones who fought for civil rights go first, was, uh, uh, you know, I was told, well, then you're the racist. I don't know what to do with the argument that my whiteness is a problem to be solved. Because I don't know what to do about it. Is there the reverse of what Michael Jackson did? Can I look like uh, Diana Ross? Is that possible? I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. I saw the movie Soul Man. Remember that? See Anthony Howell? I mean, if I get the chemicals and stuff with that, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to... I, was, I am who I am. And for you to say, well... If you're going to demand that I be reasonable, you're just oppressing me with your whiteness. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think of reasonableness and whiteness as synonyms. You can be completely reasonable and be black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. And you can be a total lunatic and be a white person. Donald Trump, Donald Trump. You can be out of your wild hair-waving mind. Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And be a white person. So, if what, what do you want? Bernie Sanders shows up because he thinks he can make America a better place. I don't agree with his politics, but he has an idea, he has a vision, he has a plan. He shows up, sit down and shut up, white guy. Well, then what's he supposed to do? So if you can explain to me what I, as a white guy, am supposed to do when my black neighbors and listeners and readers tell me I'm just sick of whiteness. I'm open to the solution. But all I can, (laughs) the only one I can think of is... Mass white suicide, you know, just hand out poison-laced Wonder Bread sandwiches with, you know, uh, anthrax-filled mayo on them. And we'll all get together and listen to Garrison Keillor on NPR and watch Lawrence Welk and die. I guess that's all we white people can do. 844-404-1067 or email me, Michael, at michaelgram.com. Jack, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call, Michael. The, the uh, Black Lives Matter people... They don't have a game plan because they don't even have a set of objectives. 
I'm old enough to remember Martin Luther King and the March on Washington and what they were after, you know. So they got the Civil Rights Act passed in 64, the Voting Rights Act in 65. But they had, a, they had objectives. And then they said, well, we're going to get this through Congress. And that was their game plan mm-hmm. to, achieve, to achieve those objectives. They don't, they don't even have any set of objectives. So what's my view? I don't care. I don't care. That's my solution. Well, I don't care nothing, about what they do or and, what they say. And this is what happens when there is no way to go forward. If someone says to you, well, the problem is just that you exist. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. And that's the kind of frustration. The caller just nailed it. That's the kind of frustration that people who would be willing to fix stuff feel when they're presented with, well, the problem is you're just you. 844-404-1067. Have you heard about the new pill that causes women to want to have sex, Matt Dorr? I didn't know this was new. They've had it for years. It's called the Cosby. It's 1035. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC Star of the Show. Don't forget, News Radio 1067 is the home of the Braves. And anytime the Braves score five or more runs, you can get dollars off your next oil change at Express Oil. That's where they do my card. They take very, very good care of me, and they'll take care of you too. So be sure to tell them that Michael Graham said hi when you stop by at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Um, the phone number is 844-404-1067. And, of course, we have the confession hotline, which is where you confess what you really think about stuff, even if you don't want to kind of say it out loud or whatever. That's why, that's why talk radio is around, I think. So we have the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. And the best call of the day will win Braves tickets to see the Braves Yankees August 28th. And one of the things we're talking about is Hillary Clinton's decision to use comedy to deal with the uh, controversy over the server and now she's kind of playing dumb, like, oh, I don't know what you what the heck's going on around here. That's all I could say. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We, what, like with a cloth or something? Well, no. I, I don't know how it works digitally at all. I don't know how this stuff works. Do I do? I don't. Didn't that sound so familiar to you? Sometimes when I get a message on my fax machine, I wonder, did little demons get inside and type it? I don't know. I- I'm sorry, Your Honor. I was listening to the magic voices coming out of this strange <laughs> modern invention. When I hear Hillary Clinton say, a computer wipe it with a towel? I don't even know how this stuff works. All I can think is... I'm just a caveman. Or the original version of that. Any fans of uh, Blazing Saddles out there? Mongo only pawn. In game of life. <laughs> uh, how can so anyway? So the hashtag is Hillary's next one-liner, or you can call in your Hillary joke to four zero four four three six two thousand seven. Call about anything else. Um, so the big big news today, I think for most people, the news at the top of the list isn't that Hillary's a crook. It's not news to anyone. Uh, it's not that uh, there are nuts in a social movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, matter movement, every movement has nuts. This, I think, is the big story of the day. It's been dubbed the female Viagra, a pill designed to help premenopausal women regain their sex drive. But unlike Viagra for men, which works by increasing blood flow, this drug boosts levels of certain brain chemicals. It's estimated one-third of U.S. women suffer from HSDD, or hypoactive sexual desire disorder. 
Side effects can include nausea, dizziness, and fainting, and should strictly not be taken with alcohol. Now, there's so many layers of this little pink pill. First of all, it's the little pink pill. I mean, I'm not big into the whole, you know, sexism movement, but with Viagra's blue, and now you've got this new one, the Cosby, that's, it's not the Cosby? That's not right? What is it called? Oh, Addy. So Addy's pink, Viagra's blue. I mean, seriously, that's, oh my God, did the guys who make the game of life put this together, like the matching little cars and the pegs and the pills? And then there's the uh, enhanced women's sex drive part of this. Um, See, guys, you know, when you get older, there's just plumbing issues. The desire is always there. It's the, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak kind of thing. So that's, you know, Viagra's for that. Viagra's for, it's purely a, uh, you know, new, uh, pressure, pneumonic pressure issue in the plumbing region. And that's what that is. This is about a woman's mood. How many women, I'm just curious. I think that women are annoyed by this at 844-404-1067. I think women are annoyed by this Viagra for women push. For a couple of reasons, because women don't have the same biological reaction to sex as men do. Whether you believe in God or whether you believe in Darwin, either way, you concede that the system has been designed either in heaven or evolution so that guys spread their seed and they want to spread it around a lot. And that makes a lot of genetic Variance and that genetic variance keeps species growing and live and, and life thriving. And then women catch, and their biological imperative is to, you know, have a kid and then keep the kid alive. So that you got two different tracks here. Guys are on the spread the seed track. Women are on the you know have it have that spreading result in something something to protect. Women biologically are never going to think about sex. The generally speaking. The way guys do. They're just not going to. But what you've had is you've had the media kind of push this notion that every woman is really a, you know, 19-year-old frat boy inside. And so the examples in film and television whatever are, you know, women who are just as randy, rowdy, and raring to go as a teenage guy. And so this is kind of, so when women aren't, because, of course, they're not, then what's the reaction? Oh, medicine. Pill. And ladies, how many of you heard that guys in a lab had been working on a pill to put you in the mood and thought to yourself, that's just like a guy. Guys want a magic bullet. Guys want, just to, you know, just tell me what to do. Guys, are, guys view the world in a tab A, slot B kind of, you know, paradigm. You know what I mean? We got a tool. There's a job to do. We want to get at it. That's how we think. Women... It's more complicated. It's more, there's more levels. There's more nuance. There's more stuff going on. How many women responded to the pink pill, women's Viagra story of finally guys have a way to put women in the mood. It's a pill. and think, hey, you want to put me in the mood, guy? Let me come home one day and find you doing the dishes. That'll put me in the mood right there. Hey, how about if I come home one day and instead of the kids sitting in the middle of the living room, with a pile of chocolate-smeared Legos and a diaper full of feces, I come home, and things are nice, and the kids are put away, and you have a nice dinner. In other words, 
this is just guy's way of getting around the work that goes with getting lucky. We, uh, we got to check traffic with Matt Dorr in the Hammond Special Traffic Center. Matt Dorr, don't you know right now without a pill what you could do to get your wife thinking a little more? Absolutely. Right right, right now. you would Absolutely. Well, for me, knowing my wife, what I do, she walks in and I have a freshly filled out credit card application all ready to go. <laughs> you know, she likes... She likes, you know, three hard inches of plastic right, right. there sitting on the... That's what... Okay. What about your wife? Well, I mean, it varies from time to time. Sure. She's moody and it doesn't always work, but I've got an idea of mm-hmm. if, if I want it to get to point B, what right. i got to do before I get to A to, to start the ball rolling. Is it flowers, candy, stuff? No, it's not anything like that. It's like yeah. you said, housework, helping oh, yeah. her out with stuff. I, uh, uh, if she got a busy week, throw in a couple without her asking. Uh, uh, you know. A guy with a full dishwasher, a full washer dryer, and a vacuum running is chick porn. I've done it. They will, they will, they will watch that on Skinamax if you give it to them. Vacuum, absolutely. So 844-404-1067. ladies, what should guys be doing besides trying to sneak this pink pill? Which, by the way, you know, Matt, that that's gonna be the next problem. Is guys are gonna be shoving these pills in? <laughs> every, here, honey, want to make you a cup of coffee? Here, like honey, have a have a big you. pink cupcake. Hey, let's have a, <laughs> you, guys gonna be making Addy daiquiris for their wives. It's a morally get acceptable roofie. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Oh, baby, oh, baby. You know, you just uh, bring those groceries in, baby. As soon as you're done ironing my shirts and doing the dishes, arranging all of our events this weekend, I, I know how to get you in the mood. It's called a pill. Let me slip this little something into your drink. What? Listen to what you're saying. (laughs) That ain't going to happen. What? Get up and help. Not a chance. I've got the pill. 844-404-1067. Ladies, what is the one thing the guy in your life could do right now to put you in the mood? Right now, the one thing he can do. 844-404-1067. And what is your reaction to the approval of Addy, um, which uh, it was funny, you know, it's been it's been pushed several times in the past, and it's always been pulled back because it has terrible side effects. I mean, it, it's it has a minimal impact on increasing libido, sex drive for premenopausal women, so it's minimal upside and tons of downsides. I mean, seriously, I was I was listening to them describe the uh, side effects. It was like a Saturday Night Live bit. Some people have had changes in behavior, such as hostility, depressed mood, and homicidal thoughts and actions. If you notice changes in behavior, such as a powerful, overwhelming desire to kill the person you love most, <laughs> call your doctor right away. Is, is it really worth it, ladies? I mean, look, you tell me. Isn't there something that the guy in your life could do right now at 844-404-1067 that will put you in the mood that doesn't involve a drug that, by the way, while you're taking Addy, 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 you can't drink. Women on Addy cannot drink, which means I'm never going to get laid, lucky. Because if you're not drunk, I'm not getting lucky. So what's the point of the pill if you're going to be stone cold sober anyway? Why would a stone cold sober woman ever get into a bed with me? It's not going to happen. So this is, this is the, it's just so bizarre. And part of the theory is that it's being pushed by two people. One is men are pushing it. Because they want women, you know, to, like I said, it's the Cosby. 
And the other push is feminists are pushing it as a matter of principle. They call it even this. I'm not making this up. Even the score. They're bothered that guys get Viagra. But there's nothing for women. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. Well, because guys are different. Once again, Viagra is a plumbing pill. Viagra isn't for the mood. Most guys don't need anything for the mood. It's all just about, you know, the hydraulics. So, ladies, if I were you, I'd be very, very annoyed by this. But that's what I want to hear from you at 844-404-1067. Also, you just got to feel sorry for women of a certain age. You know, you marry a guy because you want to get married, you want to have kids, you love him. And you know when you get married that uh, that there's going to be a lot of groping and clutching going on. And so you're young and it's fine and it works about fine. But then you get older and he's still going away. And you're like, oh, my God. Well, at least at least I know that at some point we're going to hit, you know, 50 or whatever the age is. And stuff's not going to happen. And I'll be off the hook. And and so just at the time that these women think, finally, finally, this hairy-butted guy isn't going to be climbing all over me anymore. What happens? Viagra. All of a sudden, Mr., you know, couldn't get it going. Now he's got his ICBM. It's locked and loaded, and he just needs an available target. And guess what, honey? That's you. So you got to feel for women who have uh, gone through this experience at 844-404-1067. It's the perfect example. Strom Thurmond and his, his wife, Nancy. For those who don't know the story, when Strom Thurmond turned, when Strom Thurmond was 44, he married a 22-year-old Miss South Carolina beauty pageant contestant. When Strom Thurmond turned 66, he married a 22-year-old Miss South Carolina beauty pageant contestant. When Strom Thurmond turned 88, nobody wanted to be Miss South Carolina. They had to cancel a contest right on the spot. And the wife he married when he was 66, the thinking was, you know, in South Carolina where I grew up, was that, if she marries the guy because she's thinking, you know, he'll pass at some point and I'll be in my 40s and then I'll step into a Senate seat. And this is really a smart political move. And besides, he's 66. You know, how much hooking up is there going to be? Well, Strom Thurmond fathered his last child in his late 70s. And apparently he never slowed down ever. And it did not work out well. So... Can you imagine being Mrs. Strom Thurmond in the post-Viagra, post-women's Viagra? Oh, my God. You're like, I can't get a break. So how about it, ladies? If you don't want to call me because you're too embarrassed or whatever, I get it. You can call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. Who knows? You might win Braves tickets. The thing your man could do today that would instantly put you in the mood that would not involve a pill or chemicals or side effects like passing out, fainting. You know, that's, that, I didn't know that was a side effect. I thought that was a problem <laughs> with passing out. So uh, you'll have to tell me. Hey, coming up in the next hour, we're going to give away our free lunch in the lunch line. And uh, we also are going to have the confession hotline, as I mentioned earlier, and a chance to win Braves tickets. We also have this Amazon story. Is Amazon a grueling, hostile place to work? Yes, and some of the employees love it. It's a fascinating story the New York Times put together, this huge, long story. They interviewed 100 former workers about how tough it was to work at Amazon.com. 
Uh, People said they regularly saw men sitting at their desks, either crying or covering their faces. The pressure was intense. Employees were urged to essentially rat out other employees or to uh, uh, bypass their immediate management and tell upstairs management what was going on because Amazon has this work culture where they say, look, we demand excellence. A lot of people who work there feel this tension. It's the greatest place I hate to work, said John Rossman, who's a former executive at Amazon. So I'm uh, I'm interested in whether or not you've worked at a place that was really, really tough to work at, but you found it incredibly rewarding and you loved it. Versus any place you've worked where nobody that you worked with, you know, was motivated, hello, Postal Service, and what it was like to work there. So I definitely want to hear about that from you. This is an amazing story from Amazon.com. And there's a brand new form of rock and roll music, and you'll never guess who it was inspired by. Oh, we're done for. We're done for. We're done diddly done for. We're done diddly doodly done diddly doodly done diddly doodly done diddly doodly. That's right. It's not called metal music. It's called nettle music. Rock music inspired by Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. All that more coming up in the next hour. I'm Michael Graham. It's been dubbed the female Viagra, a pill designed to help premenopausal women regain their sex drive. I think that there's a level of respectability that constantly should be challenged. Respectfully, if that is your position, then I will talk only to white people. You know, this is deja vu. This is the way the Clintons did it before, in denial, in the bunker. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. If you notice changes in behavior, such as a powerful, overwhelming desire to kill the person you love most, call your doctor right away. It's 1106 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, still fighting off a little bit of a cold throat thing, what's whatever. Uh, but I'm ready to chat and ready to laugh. And of course, Hillary's got us all just laughing our heads off. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Yeah, it's a real yuck fest uh, over there from Hillary Clinton. And she had another line yesterday about wiping my server. You mean like with a cloth? And so we're looking for Hillary's next one-liner. And if you want to call it into the confession hotline at 404-436-2007, you have a chance to win Braves tickets uh, and on August 28th, the Braves Yankees. So that's the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. Um, and uh, so that's why we do the we do the, the confession hotline every day about 11.45. We do the lunch line around 11.30 or so. And uh, so stay tuned. This is the place to be. Stuff to win and hang out in conversation. Uh, we... The a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Obviously, the Hillary stuff is just absolutely fantastic. 
so amazing. The fact that she simply refuses to answer the question. So why'd you wipe your server? Why? Who did, did you? Yes or no. Did you wipe your server, order it to be wiped? That was really the question she was asked. She was asked over and over and over again. And her whole answer was, well, honey, what are you talking about? That's all I could say. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We, did you? What, like with a cloth or something? Well, no. Uh, I, I don't know how it works digitally at all. So you got to wonder, how do Republicans possibly lose to that? I feel like the Mike Dukakis from that Saturday Night Live bit, you know, back in the day. Uh, the argument for a long time has been made that the way that Republicans win is to present full-throated conservatism with uh, competent candidates. And one of the people who absolutely believes that is Matt Schlapp. He's the director of the American Conservative Union, maybe the longest standing conservative organization in America, the ACU. Matt, welcome to the Michael Graham Show. Michael, great to be with you. Uh, I've, I've been following the ACU for years. You guys are in town to give an award to one of our local congressmen, right? Yeah, Tom Graves, who's got a great lifetime rating with us, has had several years where he's ranked 100, and uh, he's wow. a real hero of ours, and we're going we're gonna to pay him proper and due respect. <laughs> Ranking 100 with the ACU is tough, even in uh, Georgia, i got to tell you. That's, that's tough. That's, that's very tough. tough. Uh, so i got to ask you a question that's come up a lot in the last uh, few weeks since Donald Trump has been topping the polls. The question of what does it mean to be a conservative? I've got a lot of people who are mad at me because I'm not a big Trump fan because I am a political conservative. And so I kind of look at things from ideas and I don't think they line up. But maybe I'm missing something here. What do you think? You're the head of the American Conservative Union. What does it take to be a conservative? And is Donald Trump one of them? Well, you know, it, it's changed over time. I mean, there was a period of time when if you were pro-life, pro-gun, an anti-tax, an anti-communist, you know, that right. would have been plenty good enough for everybody. And then over time, as we've elected a lot of Republicans and sent them to Washington and, and watched government grow, I think there's a, there's, there's a couple new columns that conservatives want to see added, which is, you know, are you willing to really take bold stances to reduce the role of government in our lives? And are you willing to take on Washington? And are you someone who's an outsider who understands that? So these new columns that are important to a lot of conservatives complicate this question of, 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 this, of this title of conservative. Are you a conservative or, or are you not a conservative? Because there's plenty of people who are outsiders and who want to take on Washington who maybe are softer on some of those earlier issues I mentioned. We're talking to Matt Schlapp. He's the head of the American Conservative Union. Um, is conservatism an, a set of ideas about the relationship between citizens and the state, or is conservatism an attitude, a, you know, a combative willingness to fight yeah. the government? Which one is it? That is a great question. I hope it's the former and not the latter. To me, uh, I, I like what you said about Donald Trump in the sense that you and I might disagree a little bit on it, but I, I, will, I will root him on if he actually takes conservative policy positions. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as he unveils them over the mm. coming weeks and months. And if he, comes, you know, if he comes out with relatively conservative positions, I'll be happy about it. If, if it's less clear, you know, we'll have to call him like we see him. But, Matt, so, one of the traditions, though, as you know, is when, if a guy runs as a moderate – He's going to be a liberal. If a guy runs as a fiscal conservative social moderate, he's going to be a liberal. 
And if a guy runs as a conservative, there's still a 50-50 chance that he's going to be a moderate to a liberal. Well, so how can I possibly trust a guy like Donald Trump who, you know, pro-socialized medicine, pro-tax, you know, uh, uh, higher taxes, pro-big government, uh, uh, pro-planned parenthood? I mean, come on. There's, there's no way I can trust that guy, is there? Well, there's two things I would answer that with. The first thing is, over time, our ratings, our ACU congressional ratings, demonstrate that both Republicans and Democrats become more liberal over time. So your, your concern is really well-founded. But second of all, you know, my mom is a Kennedy Democrat mm-hmm. who woke up in the 1980s and said, what the hell am I doing, and became, <laughs> and is now is one of the most conservative Republicans I know. People right. do shift over time, mm-hmm. and I know in the case of Donald Trump, what's happened is, is that, yeah, he's, he's been a little bit all over the map on some of these key issues over time, but Barack Obama has done something to Donald Trump, and he's done something to millions of other Americans. He's made them realize that all those good-sounding platitudes about government programs, it's really quite frightening mm-hmm. when it all gets jammed through the system. And I think Barack Obama made Donald Trump wake up and say, oh, my God, I'm losing my country. And I think there's a lot of people who are less Republican but who love their country who agree. Right. I, I see what you're saying about that, but I also say that when people compare Donald Trump to Ronald Reagan, who went from being a Democrat to a Republican – what happened is Ronald Reagan had these values, and there was a time when those values were welcome in the Democratic Party. His values didn't change. The party changed. And you're right, President Obama has really taken the party to the left. I want to ask you about one last thing, and that can, is— Can you let me say one oh, thing sure. on Reagan? Please do, yeah. Just remember, when Reagan was governor of California, he did raise taxes. He mm-hmm. did sign a big pro-abortion bill. He made some mistakes as governor, but here's what he had. He had the character to realize— that those decisions as governor were wrong, mm-hmm. and they'd be wrong to take to the federal government, to the national government, and he changed, and he became better. And I'm open to politicians improving, although I have your same skepticism that they usually get right. worse. Yeah, absolutely, particularly on taxes. If a guy tells you he's going to raise your taxes, he's going to raise your taxes. If he says he doesn't want to raise your taxes, the last choice, he's going to raise your taxes. And if <laughs> and a guy if says, read my lips, no new taxes. If they'll get squishy on the question of life, they'll get squishy right. on anything. And, and that brings me to the last one I want to ask you about, which is this notion of fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with Donald Trump on so many levels because there are two things he's getting right. One is immigration. The other one is the value of the fight itself. So many people in politics, particularly on the Republican conservative coalition, think that if they're fighting, something bad is happening. Ooh, people are calling me names, and they're going to hate me. Like, no, 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 no. Make the other side defend their position. Today we have a horrific video released. I don't even know if you've seen it yet, Matt. The latest I have the, not. I hear it's just horrible. Well, the woman talks about it, Planned Parenthood, the baby's heart still beating while she's removing its brain. I mean, it is what Hillary Clinton and Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed and uh, President Obama are supporting right now in Planned Parenthood is monstrous. And you can say, well, we're never going to have the votes to get rid of Planned Parenthood, you know, veto, yada, yada. Yeah, but forget that. Make the other side defend what they're supporting. Make them say, yes, I support abortion until the day of delivery. Yes, I agree with Planned Parenthood that you're not a, a, a person until you get out of the womb. On the issue of immigration, make these people defend. Yes, I think anyone who gets here should be allowed to stay other unless they're murderers. Yes, I, I uh, support open borders that say if you can come to the United States, you should get citizenship. Make them say that. And I think conservatives have gotten so bad, Matt, at seeing the value of the fight. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I see this um, as my wife and I, with our five children, reside outside Washington, D.C. And so, you know, we're in 
involved in uh, and have friendships with a lot of people who have government positions. And let me tell you, the one thing Republicans have learned is that when they fight too aggressively, they lose elections. And it's the wrong lesson. Right. They've learned the wrong lesson. The, the reason why they lose elections after those fights is because they didn't articulate the fight well. Exactly. I think we, Reagan articulated what our values were, and he got converts. And let me tell you the one thing we have to do with our presidential nominee. It's no longer good enough that they just be smart enough and have good character. Right. They have to be able to articulate it because we're in a communications age. And if you can't communicate, you're not going to win, and you're not mm-hmm. going to win the political argument. So I urge all Republicans, and I think people like Congressman Graves understand it, you know, it's okay to make a fight. The American people are okay with us making mm-hmm. fights. They just want to understand why we're making the fight. If we don't make fights, right. we're like lukewarm water. Why are they wasting time on us? And there's a great new book out called The Conservative Heart by Arthur Brooks, and he makes a point again and again. You should be fighting for somebody. You're fighting for, for example, these kids at Planned Parenthood. That's right. Fighting for low-income workers who maybe are high school dropouts or high school grads who can't get jobs right. because of open borders. Fighting for them instead of saying, well, the constitutional principle is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, but what you know about Michael, the, the other thing I tell you, they're talking about selling these body parts for $800 oh. a year, $1,500 a year. Oh. I'll tell you, I make a promise to everyone listening to your show. You know, why don't we buy all these babies and, and give them the love and respect, sing a song for them, and pay them their due respect. They are human beings, and to be treated in this manner is tacitly un-American. It is, and the idea that conservatives will not fight this fight by making Hillary Clinton say, yes, I'm okay with the horrors on this video, it's not just unprincipled, it's horrible politics. This is an easy win for smart politicians. That's why, Matt, my new hero is not Ronald Reagan. It's Francis Underwood from House of Cards. We need more right. guys who know how to make politics work. Hey, uh, tell the congressman I said hi and welcome to Atlanta. I'll do it, and thank you so much for having me on your show, and keep up the good work. My pleasure. That's Matt Schlapp at the American Conservative Union. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, 1123. Uh, yeah. Michael Graham, that video I mentioned, the latest in the Planned Parenthood expose, I'm not going to talk about it. It's, just, it, it. it's too upsetting. I can't talk about it, but I've got links to it on my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. If you follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. You can see it as well. It's just too horrifying, but I wanted to let you know what that's about. And just, I mean, incredible. Uh, 844-404-1067 is the phone number. So the New York Times with this huge piece of the weekend, depiction of Amazon stirs a debate about work culture. It's about the fact that when you go to work in Amazon, they tell you right up front, forget all the principles of any place else you've ever worked. Here, we're going to demand excellence all the time. Uh, There's a quote from uh, Bezos, the, uh, the owner, who says, you can work long, hard, or smart. But at Amazon.com, you can't choose two out of three. In other words, you got to do it all the time. They have these 14 points of the kind of the mantra, the, the system of, of Amazon.com that they have be, they put on laminated cards that people are supposed to have at their desk, keep with them all the time, to push them all the time. And the they uh, New York Times interviewed people who worked there, and they said, oh, my God, some of the people said it was the worst place I've ever worked ever. It was constant pressure. You'd come out of a meeting, and people would be crying, including the guys. But other people said it's the best place I've ever worked 
They pushed me to do stuff I never thought I could do. You didn't have to be a big wig to have your ideas go forward. In fact, one woman had an idea for how to uh, more quickly deliver stuff in urban settings to deliver stuff to people faster. And within 111 days, she was in Brooklyn directing the start of this new service, Prime Now. And so you can work your way up. But, quote, you walk out of a conference room and you'll see a grown man covering his face. Nearly every person I worked with, I saw cry at their desk. Bo Olson, by the way, he lasted less than two years in a marketing role. And uh, he said it was, you know, hard, super pressure all the time. The demands were you're going to work late. You're going to take emails after midnight. We're going to expect a prompt response. Uh, when you hit the wall from the unrelenting place, run unrelenting pace, there's only one solution. Climb the wall and get over it. You're going to be in meetings with people and you're going to suggest an idea. And the other people in the meeting are going to say, that's a stupid idea. What about X, Y, and Z? And they're going to actually pick apart your idea in front of you. And you're expected to let them and then to like it and then to build on. No, that's a good point, blah, blah, blah. And if you work with deadbeats, you're expected to rat them out. 844-404-1067. Have you ever worked in a place like this? I, Generally speaking, there are two kinds of workplaces that I've experienced. Most places I've worked, the attitude is get along, go along. For example, I worked in state government for a while. And not only did your ideas not matter, no one wanted to hear them. Just, sh- just shut up, just show up, collect your check, go home. That's it. It's not your job to think. It's not your job to make things better. It's not your job to solve problems. You just do what you're told, and that's it. And then when I, when I went into working on campaigns full-time, it was the exact opposite. When you work when you work campaigns, particularly if you're in the management side, like I was managing campaigns for multiple clients, I would wake up in the morning and I'd have a stack of messages I had to answer. I would have problems I had to solve. I'd have ads I had to write. I'd have attack ads coming in. I'd have clients who were screaming and yelling and, you know, candidates who were upset and debates to prep for. And I worked all the time. And you know what? I loved it. I had a blast. I really loved it. I worked with uh, quite a few people who just quit. In fact, one of the reasons I got in the business was because so many people got in the business would quit because it was so hard. It was too many because of the hours and the pressure. And I found out I, I was I was constantly asked to do stuff. I didn't know what, how to do. The first time I did a TV ad, I had never done a TV ad, but it had to be done. It was me. So I look around the room. We figured it out. We got it done. The first time I had to do a radio ad, the very first radio ad I did won an award. Because I was asking, but I'd never done one. I didn't work at radio back then. And I loved it. And so the question really is to me, look, I, when, when I read this stuff about, for example, one of the allegations against Amazon is that people who were sick, there wasn't a lot of leeway for them. Uh, uh, according to the New York Times, a woman who had just had a miscarriage was expected to travel out of town like the next day. Like that, that, there is treating people like crap about stuff like illnesses and whatever. I'm not about that. But if you're telling me, that my choices between a place like the South Carolina Highway Department where I worked one summer where nobody gave a crap and everything we do is a waste of time or a place where when I showed up at 8 o'clock, by 8.01, we were at 90 miles an hour and it stayed that way until we left. I'll take the second over the first 
any day. How about you? And have you ever worked at a place where they had like crazy rules or high demands or um, expectations that you would take emails in the middle of the night or, you know, no lunches here or whatever because they were focused on work? And what was it like to really work there? You tell me, 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Lunch doesn't have to cost dough. Because every day on Michael Graham's show, the lunch line. Kick it! You get free lunch if you call and wait. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. That's right, we give away free food every day around this time. All you do is jump in the lunch line and your chance to win. And this, once again, we're sponsored by Taste of Atlanta coming up September 25th through 27th. And it'll be lunch at Bellwood's Social House, courtesy of tasteofatlanta.com. If you can finish this hilarious laugh riot line from Hillary Shecky Clinton. I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We were Did you wipe the server? And she asked a question slash comedy that uh, will live in infamy. 844-404-1067. By the way, today is President William Jefferson Clinton's 69th birthday. Insert joke here and nothing else. Just no, it is. He turned 69 today and... uh, 365 days of the perfect birthday for the former president of the United States. And when people say, oh, there's no way Hillary Clinton can survive this. The American people can see what's going on. And it's obvious she's a crook and she's lied so many times and blah, blah, blah. Just remember Bill Clinton. Everybody knew he did it. Everybody knew he was hooking up with interns in the White House and lying about it under oath. And he still got away with it. Welcome to America. Uh, Matt is on News Radio 1067. Matt, you want to win some free lunch? Yeah. Can you do a Hillary Clinton impersonation for us here? I think I can. Well, we'll get to the finish of this line, and it's all yours, Matt. Let's see. I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. We... Matt, did she wipe the server? What, with like a cloth or something? I have no, <laughs> no. idea. That's why we turned it over. We... <laughs> what, like with a cloth or something? No. Matt, you nailed it, baby. Absolutely. Stay on hold and we'll get your information. We will send you to Bellwood's Social House. Bellwood's Social House, courtesy of tasteofatlanta.com. 844-404-1067. You were talking about places you've worked and how tough it was to work there. And if you liked working in places where there were high expectations and lots of pressure but success versus places where it's kind of laid back and everything is, well, whatever. It's all good. You know, when I waited tables, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And if you're if you're a, a waiter at a busy restaurant, there is a lot of pressure. But it's also very satisfying. At the end of the night, you have a lot of happy customers, hope a lot of decent tips. I liked the pressure. Some people don't. I would argue that Amazon has got it right, that if you want to go someplace where they're going to kick your butt, but you've got a chance to, to be part of now the largest retailer based in America, bigger than Walmart, Amazon's got something going. Let's go to Gregory. Gregory, thanks for the call. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing fine, uh, sir. I'm an employee for Amazon here in, in, in Georgia, okay. and 
Yeah, man, a lot of this stuff that, that you're stating is very much true. I'm not at the hierarchy of the company where I'm in a lot of the meetings. Right. I'm more one of the uh, grunt troll workers. <laughs> however, however, we are pressured a, a lot, a lot, man, and it's it's like what? It's crazy. I mean, just, you know, we have to hit these goals. Hit them, hit them, hit them. You got to move. You got to move. Even when there's no work to do, they create work to do. <laughs> and as far as the um, uh, uh, individuals being sick or right. whatever, um, yeah, man, they, they are anal with that, man. Uh, there, there was a situation where an employee was out a couple of days because, you know, they were in a coma. Right. They were comatose. <laughs> and when the guy came back to work, he was fired you're because kidding. you're only allowed so many days off. Even mm. though he provided a doctor's excuse, right. if you over exceed the days that they give you off to be sick, mm. you're fired. So let me Plain ask you this. Simple. So what is so it? So it's like, wait, you wait. go to work, I better not get sick. Please, nothing, please, nothing. I mean, right. it's, yeah, man, it's, it's brutal. Their, their business model, I can appreciate it. But when it comes to the employees, mm -hmm. the, re the door revolves so much there. Let me it ask revolves. you one, one last question. One of the things that I've heard a lot of people say is if you don't like working there, go somewhere else. That kind of seems to be the backside. Is, is that a fair response, do you think, or is there more to it than that? I, I, I can agree with you there, but, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's tough to find a job. And, I mean, the yep. benefits are great. You, and that's the thing. You try, and, you try and play things out and say, okay, I'll suck it up right. and deal with it and, and keep what I'm getting, or do I go look for something else? I mean, you know, it's a balance thing. You try and wait things out and just say, what, what works for me? I right. mean, but, you know, I mean, I, I just still think that when you treat your employees like crap, you get crap. Yeah, that's but if you treat your employees with a little respect and show them, hey, we care about you, your employees tend to show the same in return and say, hey, I care about your product. I care. You know, that, that's I, I agree. I, I, get, I, get, I hear what you're saying, and, 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 and I'm torn because on the one hand, my wife works for a great local company. And I, don't, I don't know if I should say their name or not, but they, their philosophy is we are basically in the employee business as, as our employees do their job we prosper so they have a work site that's very you know work for they have a lot of they have like a game room and stuff for when you need to take a break and and, and uh, you know get away from the pressure and they they do a lot of fun stuff but on the other hand they also have very high expectations you have certain goals quotas and stuff you have to meet this is your job and so when you're here we want you to be able to get your starbucks and you know we're gonna uh you know do this fun stuff and and have a lot of benefits but when it's time to work, you better put out, you better get it done, or you're just done. And I've worked in places with, you know, soft management, and m this is my experience. That's why I'm so curious about yours at 844-404-1067. Almost every place I've worked with soft management, that is, oh, let's just, you know, give everyone a hug, and, and you'll get them next time, whatever. Performance sucked, and good people left. Because, like, I want to go somewhere I can win. The uh, One of the things that... Um, uh, uh, Amazon does. If you're a middle manager and you can get more stuff to happen, they cut you in. They give you bonuses of stocks and stuff at middle, not upper management, middle management. If you take your little division of whatever, like CDs delivery and you get CD delivery up a certain percent, whatever, they slice you in a slice of the pie. So where do you want to be? Well, we're not going to fire you, but you really can't grow either. And just kind of here and it's nice. and It's a job. Or Hey, if I hump it, I can make some more money. Where do you want to be? 
This is a company that strives to do really big, innovative, groundbreaking things, says Susan Harker, their top recruiter. When you're shooting for, shooting for the moon, the nature of the work is challenging. For some people, it doesn't work. And I agree. There are some people that they really, what they want in life is they just want a job to pay the bills, and then they get their satisfaction in life elsewhere. You know, they have a job that pays the bills so they can go fishing or they can pursue their hobby or because, so they can raise their kids. And, you know, there's, and there's a lot of ways to make your life happy. But there are some people who they just, whatever, they're hardwired, they get their satisfaction from their job. And I think those are the kind of people that go to a place like Amazon, they go, yeah, bring it. Bring it. Push me. Challenge me. Knock me down. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to do this. Not for everyone, but I don't think that makes it wrong either. 844-404-1067. Let's check traffic with Matt Dore in the Havilland Express Food Traffic Center. New crash. I oh, come on. That on- sucks, man. That's, that's like the worst traffic report I've ever heard. Right, right, I'll try it again. Come Ready? on. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. And Harry Potter and all his wizard friends went straight to hell for practicing witchcraft. And that music you hear is from the band Oakley Dokley, the Ned Flanders heavy metal band. I'm not making that up. And when they spell out their name, Oakley Dokley, they bold the K-I-L-L in each one. So it's O-Killy Dokily. They say we're not a metal band, we're a nettle band. And how can you not admire a band that was inspired by the Simpsons' Ned Flanders? My name is Ned. Hello, Ned. It's been 4,000 days since my last drink. It was my first and last Blackberry schnapps. <laughs> uh, by the way, do you know what Ned Flanders' uh, alma mater is? Anyone know? Oral Roberts University. Absolutely. He, he and I, both uh, graduates of that same fine institution. We've got the confession hotline coming up in just a moment. We've been talking about the news that Amazon.com runs this business where there's tons of pressure. Many people leave after just a couple of years. Other people say no. It gives you a chance to thrive. Some people hate it. Crying on the floor, crazy hours. Uh, let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, real quick, man. Um, the Stanford University program that did the experiment in their basement with the with the prison guards and all of that, right. they made movies about it. Um, they also did a study about uh, abnormal psychology of children and what prevents and what 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 creates a child's thought process that goes into to adulthood? And this is what I'm saying. They, they had a playground, had a fence around it. They had the kids play on the playground. A few days later, they took the fence down. And they wanted to see what the kids would do without boundaries, if they would, would venture out outside their norm or if they would. And what they found is most kids would stay closer to the playground. They would not expand out to the boundaries, even where the safe fence was. So what that told them was that as an adult, when they went and they followed them into the workplace and into their lives later in life, and what it told them is that most people want to be told what to do and what their boundaries are mm-hmm. and to, uh, to, uh, to uh, apply their lives within, within the simple guidelines. And they want to be rewarded or validated for good behavior, and they expect punishment for themselves or for anyone else that breaks, breaks the guideline. So as a person now, as a person looking into the workforce, uh, we all weigh those consequences. We want to be told what we do what to do. We want to know what our job description is. Mm-hmm. But when we do our job description well, we want to be rewarded. We want to be validated. We want to be appreciated. We want to be, you know, considered, you know, a little more mm-hmm. than a than a, an organism. You know, 
But when we do bad, just like the caller just said, when we break the laws, when we have too many sick days, we have to abide by that law. We have, even though it's archaic and kind of brutal, it's the law. It's the rule. And that's what that company is based upon, just like our government. I see what you're saying, Brian, and I just wonder, though, where you get the best work result from people, and where, in other words, where the workers are happiest and where the pr- product is uh, the best. And obviously, Amazon.com is kicking serious butt, so you can't talk about that. Speaking of kicking butt, Brandon, your hero, Jared Fogel, is going to plead guilty Why to is he my hero? child porn. Just because I like and, the cold um, combo? And uh, he's going to serve between 5 and 12 years. Not only did he have... Child porn on his computer, but he apparently solicited hookups with underage Can I make the obvious joke people. here? He's going to serve 5 to 12 years, but he may get 5 to 12. Uh, I hope. I think he's hoping for the 6-inch rather than the foot long okay. at this point. I do believe that would be what Jared would be hoping for. Now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous. Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. Today's Confession Hotline, your chance to win four tickets to see the Braves take on the Yankees. First place, Yankees. They will not be first place first August place. 28th. Half game up. Hey, the only one with panties in the bunch here is Bill. Bada-bing. I'm sorry, What? What? Do we, what's going on? Do we have the uh, drum? Do we have, Can we give everyone a rim shot? Can we do that? Because I think they all deserve it. You know, Hillary has gotten in the comedy business. And so that's what we're looking for. Can I hear that first one again? I was kind of coughing my way all the way through it. Hey, the only one with panties in the bunch here is Bill. There you go. Recently, when I was asked about the IRS scandal, I had a wonderful idea about marketing a feminine product. (laughs) The Lois Lerner tampon. Pull the string. You don't need to know a thing. Oh, that was not, oh. no, no, that was, that would not have made it past, if I were editing, you would not have heard that. So this is what I'm thinking, since Hillary Clinton's credibility is running so high right now, mm-hmm. I think she would be a great spokeswoman for the new female Viagra pill. Because after all, isn't that why Uncle Bill didn't have sex with all those women? So hashtag Hillary loves pink. <laughs> A lot of build-up. A lot of build-up for that one. I thought it was pretty funny when Hillary said, I did not have textual relations Ah. with that server. There you go. Yeah, I just want to say, at this point, what difference does it make? It's like a shark. You know, when you, like, poop your pants when you think you're passing gas? I don't know. Just, you know, made me think of Hillary Clinton. Okay. Um, I thought he said shark. But no, he didn't he say shark. shark. He said something else. Once again, who's editing these? Who's the, back there editing the, these? these? Are the be- that, does anyone want a job as a radio producer out there? These Anybody? are the best of call. the best. Right hand, left hand. What does it matter? They weren't the same. <laughs> I think he was referencing the female Viagra. I think, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. So thank you for calling the confession outline. Who gets the uh, tickets? I say caller number four, textual relations. With textual relations. That's all yours. Uh, we will be in touch. Remember when you call the Confession Hotline, 404-436-2007. Leave your email address so you can win valuable prizes. Kimmer's coming up next. I am Michael Graham. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.